the president of COP28 in Dubai, Sultan Al Jaba, uh, says there is no science indicating that a phase-out of fossil fuels is needed to restrict global heating to 1.5 degrees Celsius, as well as running COP28 in Dubai. Al Jaba is also the chief executive of the United Arab Emirates State Oil Company, which many observers say is a serious conflict of interest. David Tong is a global industry lead at Oil Change International, and he joins us now from Dubai. Good morning, David. Good morning. The comments by the uh, Sultan are interesting because uh, this issue and the language around uh, COP28 finding some agreement on a phase-out of fossil fuels will be critical. What do you make of this coming to light now and in terms of the, the wider mood around what sort of consensus there is on the phase-out of fossil fuels? This is an extraordinary comment from the presidency, one that does not reflect the science. It doesn't reflect a lot of the things he has himself said over the last six months. Just last week, he and the CEO of the International Energy Agency, the world's top energy experts, issued a summary of their discussions with world leaders and ministers over the last 12 months, which included a statement which does reflect the science that we need to phase down fossil fuels this decade to keep warming below 1.5. And there's a huge energy and momentum building amongst a number of countries in the negotiating rooms calling for just that. But are they calling for, and is there a difference between a phase down and a phase out? This was a huge debate in the last two years in Glasgow and then in Sharm el-Sheikh last year. There is absolutely a difference. Most of that debate has been about a long-term target. Do we phase down fossil fuels or do we phase them out completely, recognising that as long as we continue burning them, we are contributing to the problem? What's super interesting, though, about what the presidency and the IEA said last week is that they put this 2030 time figure onto it, which is a new thing and does reflect the science. Do you think there will be a consensus on the phase-down idea come later in the week when we get to the business end? I never predict what will happen in the last days of COP. Uh, Seen too many of them, and those last days are very, very strange. But the stars are more aligned this year than ever before for a strong fossil fuel phase-out outcome. Last year, we had 80 countries calling for it. This year, we have 106 on day one. That's a big step forward. And the only way for this to be the success that the presidency really, really wants it to be, because they do want it to be a success, is for those countries' demands, for what the science demands, to be recognised, mm. for us to have a comprehensive energy package to phase up fossil fuels. All right, well, we've seen a 100 countries sign up to a tripling of renewable energy. Uh, not New Zealand yet, and I want to stress, I've spoken to Simeon Brown about <coughs> this, uh, the Minister of the... New, and he says we shouldn't read anything into that. There's, there's a new government still trying to figure things out, and so the Im- implication being there that we, we may well sign up to that. What did you make of that uh, agreement? And New Zealand presumably would be well-placed to triple its renewable energy use? Absolutely. This is a critical pledge. It's one real element of what we need to transition our energy system. As we phase out fossil fuels, we have to phase something else instead. And tripling renewable energy deployment 
would put us on track for the IEA's 1.5 aligned scenario worldwide. New Zealand could do that. We're pretty high up in electrification with around 80% of our electricity being renewable, 80 to 85%, but only about 30% of our total energy use comes from renewable energy or from electricity. And so it will be possible for us to triple. But the key thing is this is a global pledge and we can play a part in that global ambition. Of course, we still also need to phase out fossil fuels, not just add wind plants beside the fossil fuels. Just finally, has there been any noticeable reaction to the change in policy from this government towards offshore oil and gas exploration being reopened? Has that filtered through at all in terms of what you're hearing? In the corridors, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we saw the German government and Vanuatu's government during the Pacific Islands Forum, both criticising New Zealand. Palau publicly criticised New Zealand two days ago. And a lot of other countries in the chatter in the room, this is criticised. Civil society organisations, the Climate Action Network has awarded New Zealand a fossil of the day, the award for the country doing the doing the most to do the worst and disrupt negotiations and burn our future uh, today on the first day that they've awarded a fossil this COP, which I think signals the attention that civil society and other countries are putting on what, What's New the Zealand's context, David, of that criticism? Backwards decision. What's the context of that criticism? Is it because we've, we've made, this government has made that decision or is it because New Zealand has tried to pitch itself as somebody that is a bit of a leader in this area with its zero, zero climate legislation, uh, zero carbon legislation, the frameworks, if you like. I mean, is it because we're seen as a small country that can have some influence or is it just simply the decision? A big part is the decision. We, we would be one of the very first countries to have made a world-leading ban on fossil fuel expansion, reflecting what the science needs and then walked back from it. We would be, if our government goes ahead with us, the first country to leave the Beyond Oil and Gas Alliance, which would be, frankly, a humiliating diplomatic move.